It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. I thought of you and your family is there's been a lot of alien stuff lately. And oh. I even watched right before we came online, I almost sent it to you. I was like, please send this to your brother. Um, it was a cat. Williams was on stage and he's like, listen, Mayans reported that they saw something and they said that the mines just disappeared because they didn't find their bones. But he goes, you go to, and meanwhile, he's like cursing and like giving very descriptive words, way funnier than me. Mm-hmm. But go to any museum and you see any T-Rex from the very top of his head down to his little ball sack, his bones from like five billion years ago. So now you tell me what happened to the Mayans. Suddenly the Mayans disappeared. Now they tell us the Mayans disappeared because they can't find none of their fucking bones. But let me remind you that you can go to any motherfucking museum anywhere in the world and they got a whole 62-foot dinosaur from his nose all the way to his nutsack and his toes five billion goddamn years ago. Had a little company used to be in America called NASA, standing for National Air Space Exploration my word for it is it's good for going up there well and i watched this show on apple tv it's called invasion mm-hmm. oh my god it will freak you out it's exactly about, i'm gonna watch it it's about an alien invasion i love those types of shows like <laughs> wake up monster There's a reason we're all put on this earth. One purpose to everything. Over the course of our life, we come to understand why. Why me? Sometimes it's many things. Most times it's just one. One reason for everything. After all these years, there is nothing. Until today, all these signs. Maybe God has given me something. Something bigger. Maybe this is the point. The point to all of this. We would finally have our stand. Did well, I love the fact that I watched it on the plane when I was flying to overseas. That they have, they released all these records from like DOD and Pentagon. Oh, so I was watching this show about it. God. I love it. I love hearing about it. But now they're saying, oh, yes, it is real. There are other beings out there. There's something else out there. We're not Would alone. you rather see an alien or see a ghost? I've seen a ghost. I saw my grandpa. So isn't that scary? I, I don't want to see an alien ever. And this 
freaks me out. People are going to like stop tuning in, but going to my hometown, and I have to say this very quietly because my son's in the next room, mm-hmm. but going to Sterling creeps me out sometimes because they've had so many sightings and uh-huh. it was a big thing in the 70s. And I feel that when I'm out there, there's just nothing around. And I'm like, wow, they can see us. From New York. We have all these sightings on like unsolved mysteries, like Pine Bush and all this stuff. I don't know if it's the rivers or what particular thing they're attracted to, but I I get it. I get it. And that's why I think I told you this. I told you the story. I know I've told this story. And I apologize. You have to sit through it again. That I used to watch unsolved mysteries. And back then, aliens were like a big thing. I was really scared. We had a Cape Cod. I was really scared to sleep upstairs by myself. And so I was sleeping on the couch one night and... As I'm laying there and I'm about to drift off and I look up and a man was like staring in between the shade and he's looking down at me. You know, like the old school shades. Exactly. So I thought I was going to be kidnapped by aliens upstairs. Like literally, I used to like check (gasps) my body before school, like elementary school. Like, did the implant in anything in me? And so I was like worried I was getting kidnapped at night. And then meanwhile, this man and they called the police and they followed his footsteps because it was snowing through the woods. No, they were following his trail through the woods and like up to this like dirt road. Wait, okay. Oh my God. Okay. For you, aliens or ghosts? I think I'd rather see a ghost. I'm very scared of aliens. It's just, it's just good. I'm too scared. Like a ghost, you've most likely seen them before because it's probably someone you know, a loved one. Or like space has a memory, like if you go to Gettysburg or whatever. Everything we know about UFOs is changing. Thanks to a team led by former Pentagon UFO investigator, Lou Elizondo. That is real, whatever that is. And former top intelligence official, Chris Mellon. This is a current, continuing phenomenon. It's happening, it continues to happen. They discovered five unique characteristics that UFOs have in common, called the Five Observables. They also released groundbreaking videos that forced the Navy to admit its pilots were coming face-to-face with unidentified objects. The U.S. Navy made a shocking admission today. Strange flying objects caught on tape by their own fighter pilots are in fact UFOs. Now a new wave of military witnesses is coming out of the shadows. I've never seen anything move like that. Shape, size, speed, it's clearly unidentified. The team is united on a new mission. Connect the dots to reveal the truth about UFOs. This thing had no capability, like anything on Earth. And warn the world about the dangers they might represent. Carl Sagan once famously said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. He was absolutely right. But now we have the proof. One of the most disturbing things Lou Elizondo studied at the Pentagon were reports of close encounters with UFOs. The cases are controversial, but armed forces personnel swear they not only happened, but caused lasting physical and psychological effects. If real, Elizondo considers these effects a kind of sixth observable. This first account happened over 40 years ago. My name's Mario Woods. I served in the Air Force from 1975 to 1983, and I was in security police. In 1977, I was a team member on a security response team at Ellsworth Air Force Base in South Dakota. During the Cold War, 
Ellsworth Air Force Base formed a key part of the so-called Northern Tier Defense System, operating hundreds of nuclear-tipped Minuteman intercontinental ballistic missiles. I guess it was about uh, 10.30, quarter to 11 on this particular night, and then that's when we got a call from the launch control officers that November 5 had alarmed, and it was a SIT-4, which was a serious alarm. It means that exterior alarms penetrated. I told my team leader, Michael Johnson, Mario Woods and his team leader were ordered to investigate the disturbance at a missile silo, codenamed November 5. So, immediately we are dispatched. As we go to Highway 79, the entire atmosphere was just lit up. It was just super bright, like the sun was rising. And as we rounded the bend, this object was sitting over November 5, about 5, 10 feet off the ground, max. And it was just huge. It's as big as any Walmart building I've ever seen. The atmosphere in the truck got really, really thick, like couldn't breathe. It was a round sphere, and on that sphere, it looked like the exterior of it was gaseous, and the colors were floating around it. It wasn't a craft like with hard edges or anything like that. It was completely round. The object hovering over the nuclear missile silo appeared to be exhibiting one of the five observables. Anti-gravity, the ability to fly without visible means of propulsion. You know, when I was at ATIP, we we were under the presumption that there was definitely nuclear connection. Are we once again seeing some sort of connection between UAP activity and our nuclear capabilities along the northern tier? My partner, Michael Johnson, he was just frozen to the wheel looking straight ahead out that windshield. And I kept hollering at him, Michael, Michael. And he didn't answer me. I took my mag light and I pulled myself out on the windowsill of that truck. And I flashed my mag light at this thing. But as soon as I did that, the pressure stopped. It was like, okay, you can breathe now. And I remember slumping back down into the seat. Then I remember just blacking out. And that's the last thing that I remember. until that radio came back to life. And all I heard was uh, wing security controls, November 1. That was us, our call sign. And I heard it three or four times. And I turned to Michael Johnson, I said, you're gonna get that? And he's still just frozen in his position. And I couldn't figure it out because there was a wall right here and it went up as far as I could see. And it was the backside of, a, of Lake Newell Reservoir. We went from November 5 to Newell Lake. And that's between five and seven and a half miles. There were no tire prints or anything. It was just our vehicle in the middle of the mud and it started to get light. Wood says they had lost several hours, an unexplained gap in time where they had no memory of where they were or what was happening to them. So when I got back on the radio, I told WSC that there's, I'm spot a white wall. So they said, Continue to talk. We're triangulating your location. Maybe 20 minutes passed. So this backup alert team came. And I said, I don't know where I am. I don't know where we are. And don't know how we got here. I said, what's happened? He goes, I can't talk to you about it. Just stay right there. 
So I kept trying to communicate with Michael Johnson. He wouldn't answer me in any way. He was just frozen in this position, looking straight ahead. I had to have another guy help me slide him over to the passenger seat and seatbelted him in. Woods and his partner were relieved of their weapons and told to follow the backup alert team to the main base. We were taken directly to the wing commander's office. And then the wing commander said, um, Sergeant Woods, he said, I need to ask you what happened out there. I told him what had happened, and he asked me to describe the size of it. He goes, do you have any idea how you got to where you were? I said, no, sir. He said, we're going to send you over to the base hospital. We, we have a doctor who wants to take a look at you, and we just make sure that you're all right. The doctor examined my eyes, my ears, nose, all that stuff. He says, I need to take a skin sample. And I said, why a skin sample? He says, because you, you have some burns on you. I think most everybody is aware of the five observables, but we looked at other things, and that sixth observable was biological effects, and they can be anything from subtle to severe. I was burned on my face and on my hand, and the items that they used to take the skin samples, they went right into a vial about that big, and they put a cork on top of them, and then they were laying on a silver tray. Two weeks later, Michael Johnson showed up at Wood's door. He said, man, what did you see? What, did, what do you remember? And I, I went through everything that I had, that I knew, and then he described it too. He said he was scared to death. We thought we'd talk about it further, but that was the last time I ever saw him. I've been trying to find him ever since. Elizondo says he's cataloged reports of burns and other close encounters. There are key data points that we can measure to determine if there are indeed biological effects. It's no different than if I were to stand behind the jet engine of a 747 at takeoff, chances are I'm going to get burned. These are level-headed, patriotic people who serve their country. I've seen some data that suggests in some cases there are real physical effects that warrant some attention. The results of the tests on Woods' skin samples were never shared with him. And what Woods reveals next deepens the mystery of these close encounters. Lou Elizondo has just learned that Staff Sergeant Mario Woods claims he blacked out after encountering a giant luminous sphere at a nuclear missile base. It's a scary scene, man. It's, all those years ago, you know, it, it, it's as if it's never left. I can smell the air. I can see the wall. I can see that object. Years later. You'll hear me talking to you. You'll be able to talk back to me. Woods decided to undergo hypnosis to see if he could recover any memories from the four hours he lost during the experience. I was submerged in something that I was either breathing or I was laying in that felt like a gel and it was cold and then I felt the feeling of dread of total fear that was one of the worst feelings I think I've ever had in my life I remember bright lights and then dim lights and then, then flickering lights 
just all seemed to be like a dream until the next thing I know I came to. And of course, four hours had gone by. The incident has left Woods with mental scars that have yet to heal. It changed everything and it still does to this day. My children kind of uh, look at me and, you know, okay, dad, okay, that kind of thing. Of course, my wife, she feels like she didn't really know what to make of it. I think it's tormented you for a lot of your life. One of the things that I think you're left with is anger. It's something that just has never gone away. I don't walk out of my house in the morning on a day shift without looking in the sky to, to see if I feel something. I love you. And I want you to be okay with it. You understand? I want you to have peace with it all, because I don't think you do. And I'm not sure it's even attainable. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, 
please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.